What can we really make of rookie camp with a highly anticipated rookie class? Plus, what recent history tells us about this class? All of that and a lot more on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Everything you need to gamble in 2022, you will find at Bet Online. Today is a good day to remind yourself that Twitter is not a real place. As always, we've got a great lineup this week. Stacey Dales from NFL Network is going to be on the show this week. Uh, Deontay Lee from The Athletic is going to be on the show this week. So uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. And we have, I was just putting together a schedule of the offseason and, and people I wanted to have on and interviews that I wanted to do and topics that I wanted to hit really excited about what we're going to be doing on Locked on Packers all this off season, bringing you everything that we can to try and figure out what's going on with the Green Bay Packers and what is a vital offseason for them and is going to reverberate for, honestly, I was trying to, in my brain, work through a way that I could tamp down the hyperbole potentially, but this offseason has a chance to reverberate for the next decade with the Devontae Adams trade, with the future of this draft class, and the future of Aaron Rodgers and what all of that means. Not to uh, add any pressure to this conversation, but let's get to this rookie camp conversation. I'm sure you saw, whether it was a tweet or multiple tweets or stories or threads or whatever on rookie camp. I'm not going to say that that's not fun because certainly I was enjoying being a part of that. I'm not going to say take nothing away because I didn't. <laughs> but it's not that useful for, for our purposes, for trying to project forward what a, a player does, not even, I mean, forget rookie camp, mandatory mini camps, OTAs, training camp. I'm just not that interested. I don't think it projects much moving forward. I mean, when Patrick Mahomes got to the Chiefs, he didn't know the Mike linebacker from Mike Ehrmantraut on Breaking Bad. And guess what? He's really good. When Aaron Rodgers showed up in Green Bay, he couldn't hit the, the ocean from the beach with a beach ball. But when Josh Jones showed up in rookie camp, he was turning heads. He was go everyone was going, oh my God, who is this guy? 
Josh Jackson, unbelievable in preseason and in training camp, outplayed Jair Alexander in rookie camp, in training camp, in preseason. Pick sixes in preseason. This guy, it was destined, was a superstar. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. So I I don't I don't want to get caught up in the highs. I don't want to get caught up in the lows. And especially because this is a very trench heavy class. Linebacker, defensive line, offensive line. I I could not possibly care less about how any of those people look until the pads come on. Could not possibly care less. We just don't know. And so, you know, I've been doing more research, trying to find more statistics, trying to watch more tape. I've gone back and watched basically every game of the the Georgia defense from 2021. It's helpful that two Packers rookies are on that team. So I don't feel like I'm 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 laser focusing in on just one player. I'm able to 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 really expand in on that. And that feels so much more useful to me than anything that happened at rookie camp for Devontae Wyatt or Quay Walker. And I have gone back and and read interviews, watched interviews with Christian Watson. And that feels so much more useful to me than the passes he caught or didn't catch at rookie camp. The Packers are excited about this class. And and rightfully so, they should be. It is a very talented class. We didn't learn anything really of value at camp. Now, I think you'll 10% more will be revealed at mini camps. And then... Training camp is more real, but but don't forget, Jamar Chase, this is just last preseason, could not catch a cold butt naked in an igloo, and then went on to have one of the all-time great rookie seasons that we have seen in the NFL from a receiver. Now, Christian Watson had drops on tape. And so you have it. He has, if he has a drop in minicamp, everyone is going to go, oh my God, this guy can't catch, bust. Okay, maybe everyone didn't do that, but there, I saw that. I saw that reaction from people on Twitter. Oh, it's over. It's over. Now it's less over than it would have been if he'd been wearing 82. That would have just been fait accompli. It's done. Sorry. But it's, it's just not that important. They need to get up to speed so that when the vets show up, for when minicamp arrives, you actually have some sort of foundation for, I know what the offense is, I know what the expectations is, I know when I need to run a slant, exactly what my coaches want that to be. I know when we're running outside zone, I know what technique my coaches are emphasizing. It almost feels weird that Matt LaFleur is there. Because it's just, it's rookies, it's undrafted free agents, it's guys who in in most cases are not going to make the team. The vast majority of the players who are working out in Green Bay over the weekend are not going to be on the 53-man roster. And yet, 
Malfleur's there. Like all the guys are there working with these young players. It's kind of a weird thing, frankly. So it's nice to see Devontae Wyatt hit the blocking sled and look explosive doing it and go, okay, that's cool. But we we watched him at Georgia. We saw him do that in games. That's so much more useful to me. And it's great that Quay Walker is making splash plays. Had, by all accounts, the, the play of rookie camp on an interception where he's running with a running back down the field. That's great. And people are like, oh, you know, Bukowski is going to be so mad about that. <laughs> you guys. I want, I want good football, first and foremost. And I want good players. I want, to, I want to watch good players. I want to watch good football. I want to cover a team that has good players. I want to cover a team that plays good football. That is the thing that matters to me the most. I don't want to watch. I don't want to be. God bless Matt Derry, who has to watch the Lions for Locked On Lions. God bless Lucas Braun, who's got to watch the Vikings. God bless Lauren Cox, who's got to watch the Bears for Locked On Bears. I am so grateful that I get to watch this team. I am very happy when the players are good because it just it's it's more fun for me. And the team is good. This is going to be a good team, guys. This is going to be a good team. And I'm excited to see them. I always want the good players. I want to be right, yes. But I want, I want to see, I want to see them all succeed. More good players, not even just Packers in the league. More good players is good. Quality of play, quality of product, quality of competition, more good players is good. So well, it's more about, will I look stupid? Yeah, but come on. I've been I've been wrong before. I'm going to be wrong again. That's just how it works. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm excited to see this play out. I want the guys who I think are going to be good to be good. And I want the guys who I go, eh, I don't know about that. I don't, I didn't, I didn't really see it. Didn't make sense to me. I want them to be good too. I really do. Happy to be wrong about that. Because if I'm right about the other stuff, then I'm you know, I'm still right a lot about that. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. More to get to here on a Monday Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, inside reports, basketball playoffs. That's some fun stuff. Major League Baseball is doing some stuff. Brewers killing it. You love to see it. And we just had the Kentucky Derby. We've got some other big horse races coming. That was a monster finish. Huge upset. And I'm sure it cost more than a few of you a couple, two, three dollars at the track. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. I hope you put some money down on it to win. From all of your live betting, playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, this was this was really great, and I appreciated this. So Brennan Rupp, who um, he covers the NFL draft specifically at Packers Wire over our friends at um, Packers Wire, Zach Cruz, my guy, and I I put out this tweet. Locked on Packers listeners will know this. If you look at historical hit rates, this has been my thing since the draft. 
Um, Christian Watson and Devontae Wyatt both have much better chances of hitting given their position in their drafts and their draft position, not their position position. So pick where they are on the field plus where they were drafted. Historically, they have a much better chance of hitting than someone like Quay Walker and Romeo Dobbs, Sean Ryan, and Zach Tom all have about the same chance of hitting. They're all in that 30% each kind of range. A good chance you get one to two good player quality starters out of that group. And, uh, you know, was it presented fully without comment? No, I mean, I, I think if you... If you know where I stand on what happened in this draft, you know that there was there was something that I was digging at there. And a part of that was I wanted to see the numbers. I wanted to compare them side by side. I wanted because I, I didn't know the defensive line number offhand. So to go and find it and see that, oh, it is, in fact, the case that Devontae Wyatt is, you know, better than 50 50 to be a useful NFL player based on historical norms. I would have guessed that the NFL was worse at finding defensive linemen that because you can think of the high profile swings and misses that teams have had. But so I mentioned Brennan Rupp because he went back and looked and he looked at receivers, linebackers, and defensive linemen drafted 22 to 34 since 2014. It's not a good list. It's really not a good list. But there is at least one very familiar name on this list. 2019, Jerry Tillery, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry has become now the poster child of if you can't separate in college, you're not going to be able to separate in the NFL. Jerry Tillery is a bit of a boomer bust kind of player. He is a good pass rusher. He is not a good run defender. And the the Chargers are still kind of trying to figure out what the deal is. 2018, Rashawn Evans goes 22, linebacker. Hmm? Hmm? DJ Moore, 24, receiver. Really good. That's a really good player. Someone that I thought Green Bay would have some interest in in 2018. Calvin Ridley at 26, the receiver. Turn into a, a mighty fine player who needs to stay off DraftKings. And then Taven Bryant at 29, defensive lineman. Not, not a good player. 2017, Ruben Foster, the only guy in this cohort. Linebacker at 31. One of the reasons why he is a bust is because he couldn't, he couldn't stay on the field for myriad reasons. Personality attitude, injuries, all this stuff, and, and ended up getting into problems off the field. Not his fault, but if he didn't have those issues, he had gone top 15. It was actually the issues that he had that, that led to his ultimate downfall that kept him from achieving his potential and, and also put him in that range. He'd have gone much higher had he not had these issues. 2016, Josh Doxson. Ugh. 22. 22 has got some bad ones. Laquan Treadwell. Kenny Clark. That's a good one. Robert Kimdiche. Oh, no. Vernon Butler. Jalen Smith. That is Kenny Clark and a bunch of washouts. 
I mean, that is brutal. For the, for the Packers to have found Kenny Clark in that spot is actually kind of miraculous when so many other teams botched it. I don't think it's proof that Green Bay has some sort of highly superior, infallible strategy that they employ. I think they got probably a little lucky. But that's, that's a yikes. 2015, Stephon Anthony, linebacker, who I thought was going to be so good, I was so wrong. Not, not a good player. I think, you know, like serviceable linebacker, but not, not good. Malcolm Brown, 32, not the running back, the defensive tackle. Not, not much of a player. 2014, Marcus Smith. Not quite fair, but not good. Calvin Benjamin, ate his way out of the league. Dominique Easley, 29. That was injuries. Injuries pushed him down, and then injuries kept him down. It's not a good group. Now, do I think that that's proof that the Packers are all these receivers and defensive linemen and linebackers are going to fail? No. But what I think is it illustrates is we need to set reasonable expectations here. And especially at the these positions, there is, you know, at best, in many cases, a 50-50 chance that it works out. A little bit, you know, I think Christian Watson is a little bit better than 50-50 historically. Devontae White, a little bit better than 50-50 historically. Quay Walker, below 50-50. And then everyone after that, well below. We're talking about under, but like, I love Romeo Dubs, right? I love Zach Tom. I love Sean Ryan. They're all historically in that like 30% hit rate range. I just have to, I just have to understand what that means. That if if Green Bay hits on these guys, it will be not an outlier because I think that's overselling it, but it will mean that that Green Bay did particularly well relative to average. And that's, I mean, I think good teams just need to outperform average by a little bit to, to find those advantages. And I do think, you know, there is this, this notion out there that, oh, you know, the draft is just random and, and over time these things even out and you look at someone like John Schneider and, and he had a couple great drafts and then is, is bad. And then you look at Ted Thompson, he's got a couple great drafts and then goes through this cold streak and, and Bill Belichick, a couple, you know, and it's, you understand, okay, well, the margin is actually small. It's, it maybe it's closer to the way we look at batting average where, you know, someone who hits 280 versus 220 in, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't seem like a lot, but for a hitter, that is a lot. That is, that is a lot, a lot, right? The difference between 220 and 280 in baseball is enormous. I think we haven't quite come to a good understanding of how to evaluate these things. And that's part of the reason why we are where we are in all this. It's not going to be as much as I like, let's just say day two and day three, Christian Watson, Sean Ryan, Romeo Dubs, Zach Tom. Those are the, those are the picks that I really, really like. Well, I also know the probability of all of those players being as good as I think their talent says they can be is tiny, tiny. 
and, and add Kingsley and Igbari. JJ, I'm going to have to get used to the JJ. I, I, I think that's a great group. But I also understand, like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play the game with the first round picks, I have to do it with everyone else too. I have to be consistent on this. For the Packers to get a, a full class of really good players, it's just not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. And and I, you know, it's I, I don't mean to be throwing cold water on on anyone. I, you know, I I don't want this to be, oh, I think this player sucks. No, I don't. I don't. I'm I'm trying to be realistic about what the expectations need to be because even if even in a, even in a class where you've got a lot of talent you know think of that Marshawn Lattimore Ryan Ramchick Saints class from a couple of years ago you come out of that and you go this class is going to be a paradigmatic shift in this organization that would have seemed absolutely bonkers at the time it turned out to be right but at the time predicting that is is crazy those are outliers they're outliers and predicting outliers is a fool's errand and so i'm not going to do it i'm just not going to do it wouldn't be prudent at this juncture not gonna die sorry dana carvey Butchered that. <laughs> this this Packers draft class has a chance to be a signature Brian Gudikins class. And at the top of the show, I mentioned this is setting them up for the next decade. Or in the NFL, a decade is really like five years. So a half decade. But, an, you know, it's like dog years. It's like a decade by NFL standards. You can't really think beyond three, four, five years. This class has a chance to set them up in the next couple of years to win on the cheap because they could bring in a bunch of really good guys. They could contribute early. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have some of these other expensive guys. And then you're able to magnify what you're getting there. You have the force multipliers like Aaron Rodgers. And they give you that that sort of signature draft class that that elevates you to the Super Bowl. Just just by probability, that's unlikely. That doesn't mean it's impossible. And so I think it's it is it is both uh, important and necessary to hold those two worlds in our hands to say, look, this is what history says is most likely, with the understanding that. Here's what it could be. And if it is this thing, it is essential. And, and if it is this other thing on the opposite end of the spectrum, it can have in, you know, incredibly damaging effects on this team moving forward. So it is, it is important to have all of those things in our minds when we're thinking about this team. And, and likewise, it is important to remember that when we're trying to decide what we think right now is the most likely outcome. Is it that paradigm altering class? Is it the class that sets this team up for the next five years? Or is it the class that sinks this team's chance to win a Super Bowl? 
I think we need to separate that and where we think about, about that right now from any discussion about what happened to rookie camp. And I think those are two really important points that we need to have coming out of the weekend. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Summer is coming. And with summer, that means you're going to go on vacation. You're going to be on the go. You're going to need something to fuel your body. Throw them in your backpack. Throw them in your in your bag on your on your trip to the beach. It's the great food that allows you to have something healthy, filling your body with nutrients and also tastes delicious, covered in 100% chocolate, giving you everything that you want, high in, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in net carbs. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to try them for yourselves. Promo code LOCK15 will get you 15% off your order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local insight on NFL from all 32 teams. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back the rest of the week. Stacey Dales from NFL Network, Deontay Lee from The Athletic, and a lot more to come. We're going to have a lot of fun here over the next couple of weeks. Mandatory mini camps around the corner, and who knows what can happen. That, that, that June deadline where contracts change, we're coming. We're coming just a couple of weeks away from that. So still a lot of drama around the league. Still don't know what's going on with Debo Samuel. Still don't know quite what's going on with DK Metcalf. What's going on in Seattle? Are they actually going to try and win? Are they going to see Drew Lock up close and personal and go, oof, is this really what we want to do? And then all of a sudden Tyler Lockett is on the, on the market. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers. <laughs>